Hello and welcome to Shite and Sound, the podcast where two comedians watch one of the masterpieces of world cinema and then follow it up with a critically reviled film that is similar in some way. Maybe they share themes, plot, actors or director. We want to see if counterpointing these two films can bring out some new information or insights. On this episode we're watching number 18 on the Sight and Sound list, Al Hazard Belfazar. A movie about a donkey that might be Jesus and observes just a lot of uh, very, very sad things happening in the rural French community. Our second film this week is A Talking Cat, a movie about a cat that talks. Uh, hey everyone, just before we start properly, as Finn mentioned in the intro you just heard, we're talking about Al Hazard Balthazar, uh, which is a film that contains animal cruelty and sexual violence. To discuss it, we have to discuss those things. Yeah. If that's not for you, uh, in a second, we'll give you the time code to just skip to the talking cat exclamation mark question mark exclamation mark stuff which is just cruel to its audience 54 minutes 56 seconds even the cat seemed like it was having a great time it's only it's only cruel to the human animal yeah anyway take it away yutha and finn finland nicholas how you going with the centuries the theater has bourgeoisified the cinema photographed theater shows how far I'm doing good. Thanks for asking. Hey, everyone. Welcome to Shite and Sound. My name is Yutha Shite. An old thing becomes new if you detach it from what usually surrounds it. This is, uh, as Finn said in the intro, we uh, we watch a good film this week, Robert Bresson's Al Hazard Balthazar. Are you familiar with the work of uh, Robert Bresson, Finn? Hide the ideas, but so that people will find them. The most important will be the most hidden. Ah, so I... Oh, you... Finn, you're speaking kind of funny right now in, in kind of odd elliptical phrases about art. Are you aware? Is this a word salad situation? Do you have aphasia? Nine tenths of our movements obey habit and autonomism. It is anti nature to subordinate them to will and to thought. I, I can't help but notice you've got a book there. Is that what book? I can't quite see the cover. The terrible habit of theatre. Yeah, I'm I'm well aware of it. And it's usually people not programming my plays. That's the worst habit of theatre. No marriage of theatre and cinematography without both being exterminated. He hasn't seen the father. You sorry, you ha- whoever wrote that book. Who? Okay, what? The ejaculatory force of the eye. Okay, unpack that for me. Uh, I don't know, as uh, it's, uh, it's some uh, crazy shit that Robert Brisson wrote. Yeah, what book is that you're reading uh, from? It's called uh, Notes on the Cinematograph by Robert Brisson. Yeah, it is, I mean, both the wisest and also like, mm, come on, dude, most but stuff I've heard from as, as we watched Balthazar and A Talking Cat, exclamation mark, question mark, exclamation mark. Finn was periodically reading bits uh, uh, of that book out, and it was at times an appropriate and at times deeply contradictory experience. You'll never guess when. <laughs> there was a shift in the middle, can't tell mm-hmm. why. 
uh, I find this book uh, difficult to read because mm. it's Rob Rasson's notes and observations about cinema. It reads like if if Drill was very opinionated about film and, and loved doing like quite old hat rhetorical techniques because there's a lot of things in it that are like the camera sees truth but lies see cameras you know the persons and objects in your film must walk at the same pace as companions yeah what bobby bobby brisson what are you talking about but here is the thing not artful but agile i i just like, no, that applies. Yeah. So, um, this is the last Bresson we're doing. It is. Uh, and when we did Pickpocket, we both promised that we would have watched all of Bresson's films by the time we got to this one. And uh, I think neither of us watched any more Bresson films. Yeah, but that is despite Robert Bresson's, the quality of his work. Yeah. Because uh, uh, he's, he's a good one, he, I think. He is, yes. Uh, it's because, well, I am just really contending with how I spend my time, which really makes it hard to take pleasure or do really anything for a sustained period of time because there's this critical voice in my head that, yeah, no, it does have my father's voice. Why do you ask? Uh, uh, Just telling me that I'm always wasting time that makes sustained concentration very difficult. Yeah. And And you're not doing it because... uh, Because I had to watch Black Hat four times last year. It really took up a lot of my time. I, yeah. I'm going to confiscate your Black Hat Blu-ray, I think. Won't help, it's on Netflix as well. Okay. I'm Okay, I'm going to go back in time and make Netflix make a escalating series of incredibly poor programming <laughs> and funding decisions so that it, it, for, it starts losing subscribers and it loses a quarter of its value at the beginning of this year, beginning an inexorable fall. Yeah, that was me. That just happened. Yeah, no, no, because oh. I've got a turnstile. I went back. You inverted and went, went a bit backwards in time? Yeah, yeah, no, I'm doing a temporal pincer movement, oh. but on securities fraud, yeah. <laughs> You're doing a temporal pincer movement on Black Hat. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is, like, that's how you improve. Okay, how you improve Tenet, have one of the fights involve uh, uh, John David Washington strapping a bunch of magazines yeah, to himself. that would be and, great. And the way you improve Black Hat is Chris Hemsworth uh, inverting at times, you know? Oh, man. Look, there's a dream world where Tenet I, I, begins like a big franchise, and I want to see Michael Mann make one of no, those. A, a, absolutely. I, 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 would, I, would, I, would, I, would, I would really like to see Michael Mann direct one, one of Christopher Nolan's scripts, because I think Michael Mann would be irritated at all the same things that Christopher Nolan does that, that I am, but also get why the, stuff, why the other stuff that Christopher Nolan does is good and cool. Yeah. But also... I don't think we can trust Michael Mann to. I feel like in 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 this ever changing world in which we live in, you've just got to give up and cry, live and let die. Um, we we have to face that we cannot really know the hearts of the filmmakers we follow. And so guessing what Michael Mann agrees with when he, you know, maybe he does just really want to make films expressing how great women's asses are. I mean, I really think he's not. It's certainly possible. My understanding is that there are really only two kinds of pets. One is a talking one. 
who can only speak to you once. Sure, yeah. And kind of, help, I don't, I don't know. It's it's un- it's unclear. Kind of helps, and they're kind of like. It seems like they're introduced as like a walking, talking Ronin cat who goes from place to place, like Mary Poppins. Uh, helping people but then at the end it's like i'm gonna stay and then there are these kind of silent observer donkeys <laughs> that bear witness to the the intense suffering of people living bad lives in, yeah. in rural france yeah, yeah a, a simple animalistic look upon yeah the cold indifference of nature as star wars star Werner herzog would say looking upon the uh unstoppable mess of human life and it sounds like we've never had one of those. And so I find it very hard to relate to either of these films. Yeah, and that means they're both uh, uh, both bad and both equally bad because we uh, can't relate to them. Oh, no. Uh, uh, I, I think one of them is very good. Excellent, even. Very good? No, no, no. Uh, I think Al Hazard, Balthazar, number 18 on the, the top 100 of the BFI's Shite and Sound list is an excellent film. And I don't know why. Oh, did it seem like I was setting up to, to do an opposite joke, to do the odd switcheroo? See, what I was doing there was setting up a sequence, an expectation, and then not even so much subverting it as stopping it, killing it dead, running it into a wall. Which is how Robert Brisson treats narrative in our Hazard Balthazar, right? Like he builds these lines, and it's like you see, you meet this uh, this family. This this uh, they have a sick daughter. They yeah. just had. They've just got. There's a new donk in town. They're like, what shall we call you, Balthazar? They baptize him. Uh, one of the daughters in the family is sick. And then she dies, and then suddenly the donkey is elsewhere. You know, like yeah. it is. And, it is, and like ten years has passed. There's no. It's n- it's not that there's no rhyme or reason to it. It's that its music is not tuneful, but soulful and abrupt, um, which I really connected with, as opposed to like the improvisorial but highly structured uh, children's song that is a talking cat exclamation mark question mark exclamation mark. How would you describe and the thing about Al Hazard Balthazar, a good film by Robert Bresson, is that even with his previous films that we've done, a pickpocket and a man escaped, is that the log line is very simple. Yeah. Uh, a man escaped is about a man trying to escape from prison. Yeah, it's a guy with a very, very clear objective yeah. who is taking steps to complete that objective. And whereas pickpocket is. We follow a pickpocket through a couple of days of his life yeah, uh, and mainly see him do quite a bit of pickpocketing. Yeah. Those pockets are picked. Yeah. By Peter Piper. <laughs> yeah. Um, but in this, like, the pitch I've always heard for Al- Al-Hazard Balthazar is that it's kind of a follow-the-bouncing-ball film yeah. where there's this donkey who goes between many owners and you kind of have glimpses into their lives, and it's not that. It is... It use, it, how, it's it like... It's not really that. Do you know what I mean? No. How would you describe it to someone? Even though that is kind of inaccurate, I think that's still the way you have to describe it to someone. Because, like, getting any more accurate makes it sound uh, too depressing for anyone to ever watch. Uh, well, no, but it's even because it's not... It is, n- to me, the pitch of, like, Balthazar as bouncing ball. 
is that uh, we go is it's that it's a short story collection, whereas this isn't. It is a no. portrait of of a kind of one family and their interactions with with a town around them, with a digression in the middle about a, a local criminal who tries to turn good, mm. but ends up uh, failing at that, and. So it is much more focused, I guess, is the thing. And not in a, I just wasn't prepared for that. I wasn't prepared for how narrative it is. Sure, and yeah. This, again, of his three films that I've seen, feels that by far and away his most narrative, um, and by far, it, like, it has the most incident and plot in it. Sure. Um, and, it also, like, it's his most action-y film as well. Now, there are fights in this. There's a gun. Yeah, it's a gun that's not loaded. But it's still loaded. But, but, but the guy thinks it is. Well, in that scene, so the criminal uh, uh, is hiding out, and uh, a, a leader of a local gang comes along. Gerard. Yeah, and is like, the cops are coming. I got a gun for you, but we're going to bust it. But they're coming. And then the cops come. He tries to shoot one. The gun is empty. And they're like, We've got great news for you. You've just got an inheritance. Yeah. So, like, that is like the twist in an action film, you know? Like, that's a that's a gag you'd play out in something. Sure, yeah. In a way that, like, that would feel so out of place in A Man Escaped. And, like, maybe you could do it in Pickpocket. And so it's interesting that what I thought would be, on the face of it, kind of his most abstract film was his least abstract and in a way that I really liked because do you think Robert Bresson likes people? Uh, I mean, he, uh, he doesn't like actors. No, no, no. What does he say about share? Uh, what does he say about actors? He doesn't even like the idea of acting. He always refers to the people in his films as human models. Check out Michael Angelo Antonioni over here. Movement from the exterior to the interior. Open brackets. Actors, movement from the interior to the exterior. Close brackets. So, yeah, he thinks that actors are, like, too concerned with, like, with, like, what is going on internally and then expressing that when this is, like, where, like, film is a, a like, visual medium and what is most important is, is the exterior, is, is the, like, movement of a person, is, like, what you can see and then using that to inform the, like, internal life of the character. Yeah, I, I, and, like, I absolutely see that. And, like, so much of this film is is people lingering and staring right in, yeah. in a way like the 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 scene i think the most of is um gerard is sweet on marie yeah. who is if this film has a lead that's not balthazar the lead uh, she's played by Anne Wierzymski. Uh this was her first film after this she became a minor but still fairly like prominent like figure yeah. in, in in like European art cinema for like year after this she is in uh, 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 she she is in uh, two Jean-Luc Godard films uh, uh, La, uh, La Chinoise and Weekend and then I think soon after that marries Godard and appears in a lot of his films in, into the 70s she is also uh, one of the uh, main actors in uh, Teorama, the uh, the Pasolini film. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when you said her, na- when when uh, during the filming of Alhazar Belfazar, Rasson uh, proposed to her several times, but she refused. I mean, and, and, right? I mean, I mean, the next year she she married Godard. 
like a common trend through this film is people proposing to her. But uh, in terms of like that, those bodies showing internality thing. Yeah, the the scene I think of is yeah, he Gerard is sweet on Murray, and they are in uh, just an absurdly French car. You'll never guess which direction these doors open in the wrong way. Well, it, 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 it's not it's not just a French car. It it, it is a it is a French car that seems to be designed to be in a Robert Brisson movie. Yeah, because he is like so obsessed or with Jacques Tati. Yeah, but but like he he's like so obsessed with the like close ups of with like shots of like hands like moving yeah and like this is a car where like there are all these things you pull in and out and like everything is all like compact so so you can give us like really good close-up of of like all the things you have to do to start this car without the camera moving at all yeah and brisson just loves focusing on that and, and gerard makes this yeah attempted seduction uh, uh, where he, you know, Marie goes to start the car, so she pulls out the choke, she turns the engine, she clicks another thing. She puts it into gear or something. And, and then a Gerard... Gerard yeah, so you see his hand, like, reach into frame and, t- and, and like, turn and turn the engine off. Uh, and then you get pickpocket-style looming close-ups of his hand travelling towards her body. Yeah. It's the exact same shot as pickpocket. Of, in pickpocket, it's these, like, long slow shots of a, of a hand so like reaching across a person yeah. to like give a wallet out of the pocket and and here it is these long slow shots of a hand like reaching like across her stomach to like grab her or like put his arm around her neck and it is it, it is also absolutely it's also playing the exact opposite game because hmm. in pickpocket it was these close-ups of this hand moving and then these wide shots where you're like they don't know that hand is moving. Yeah, and will they see it? Will he get caught? Yeah. But yeah, but in this, you know that they both know what's going on. And the, the look on her face. Mm. Wh- I, I believe she's crying while this happens. I, I, it is an artful single tear. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, what we get, like that scene tells us more about their relationship at that point than like later her mum is is at a party talking to Marie, being like, this Gerard guy... He's, he's bad news. He's bad news. And, and she's, she's like, I don't give a shit. Yeah, the heart wants what it wants. Yeah. Even, and like, you as an audience member, like, no, he sucks. Yeah. He sucks so bad. <laughs> and, um... And like, you, you, uh, you learn a bit there, but it isn't in that motion, uh, uh, in that hand, and then her face, and then, like... It, touching her there's a bit where he looks down and you get a pov shot of her her like her leg through a, the slit in her skirt mm. and it is just like cinema now loves to weaponize the male gaze yes you know uh but at, like doing it then just feels so it feels so modern yeah. in a way. And it, that is complicated by the fact that Bresson <laughs> kept proposing to her because this film is essentially about men trying to bone her in increasingly well, yeah. horrible ways until yeah. the worst way yeah, like, happens several times. Yeah, trying to sleep with her, trying to control her, try, trying to, like, buy her. Yeah. The reason I asked you what you think about whether Bresson likes people is because I think this is a film about, uh, like, 
innate what is what are what are the innate factors of humanity mm. like what is it to be a person what makes someone a person and like on the theory that marie is the only person in this film and maybe the criminal because even though he fails he tries and that the the second or third person is balthazar because he is honest to himself responds to his environment and observes and moves as opposed to trying to control sure which is uh or attack which is what beasts and animals and most importantly machines do in this whenever we see technology there's a lot of cars crashing or bumping into each other making messes things falling over uh uh, they are acting like machines against nature um and and, sorry and that manifests through like this odd and kind of slightly painful plot of all these men all being really terrible to her. I uh, think this has a like much bleaker view of of humanity than like a man escaped or even pickpocket, where like a man escaped is so focused on on the like unbreakable human spirit. Yeah, uh, and I mean like pickpocket is like so much about like redemption, mm. and and then, and then this one. It's about people's spirits being broken, and it is about it's about a world where like people do not find redemption. People hurt each other, and people die, and no one gets the life they wanted. And people who, people who stick to their principles in this film, which is like which is so important in a man escaped, yeah. like it, it's like here the like one guy who really like sticks to his principles and like stays true to himself, mm. just like dies a pauper and hated because he just refuses to explain himself. Yeah, uh, explain that plot. Uh, so this is Marie's dad. Beginning of a film, he's a school teacher. He seems to, like run the like one school in town. Yeah, he, I think it, it it seems to be a case of like there is one teacher in town kind yeah. of thing. Yeah. After like time dash at, at the beginning, he is now trying to be a farmer because uh, kind of out of grief of one of his daughters dying yeah because he can't stand to be around children anymore and there's been some problem with money in the town like some 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 like money has gone missing from from like a business that 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 him and other people were invested in yeah and and everyone thinks that he is one who stole the money and he probably didn't he like we're never given any reason to think he did yeah but also uh, uh, it would be entirely likely that bresson would think he did and just not tell us you know his sense of pride will not let him even the suggestion that he might have stolen it is like beneath him bothering to respond to yeah and so over several months or maybe even several years he he he, he, yeah i think the the film because there's a at the beginning we get like his introduction then a time dash and then we kind of roll through and i think that covers a couple of years yeah yeah Yeah, and and he just like slowly drives everyone else in the town away with his like aloofness and standoff and like standoffishness yeah and just like refusing to answer the like very simple questions about like what happened to this money i mean he dies a pauper near the end of the movie yeah, in the same bed, or at least looking the same way as his daughter did yeah. uh, when she died. Um, it is, the, and there are so many, 
the the bluntness of its storytelling. So yeah, the the the, the criminal. I can't remember his name. That's uh, why I call him that. Uh, Arnold. Yeah, and we are introduced to him being fingerprinted. Uh, um, it seems like he's just being introduced as a red herring about whether uh, Gerard stole money from a bakery, yeah. uh, which uh, his parents own. And uh, he did. Um, but he obviously did anyway. Oh, oh no, no. I, th- I think when he's being fingerprinted, it's because of a murder. Oh, yes. Yeah. But that is how... But, sorry. He's being fingerprinted because of the murder, but the point in which he's introduced in the plot is to be like, there's this... The the meaning is like, sure. there's this other person who could have done the theft, you know? Mm. Uh, uh, but the, the murder kind of comes and goes uh, uh, throughout the plot as well. Um but complete the thought brain. But Arnold's plot is that he, of course, ends up with with Balthazar. Balthazar, like like your cat, steal uh, is rabbit. Rabbit, sorry, is left out in in the rain and the snow, mm. uh, and and falls into some hay and gets sick. And, and the criminals like, well, I'll take him in. Nurses him back to health basically by just walking him, it seems. It's just another time dash. As we all know, most veterinary medicine is just, especially in regards to horses and donkeys, mm. is just telling him to walk it off. You'll get better. And I've, I've never seen that fail. Yeah. I'm sorry that Michael Mann broke your ankle for his Al Pacino show, but you, 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 you just got to take a lap. In uh, 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 the criminal's arc uh, is that he... Keeps hurting people. Yes. Uh, he is very quick to uh, pick up a bottle by the neck and brandish it at people or donkeys. Yeah. But he is also always immediately wrecked with regret. And yeah. he, he is an alcoholic. And what we see is a repeating pattern of him doing a thing, a bad thing, regretting it, trying to stop. And it builds to this point where we see him looking up at the night sky and being like, Oh, with the stars above me, God, I promise I'm never going to drink again. And it hard cuts to him getting a drink. Yeah. And, and then he looks out at Balthazar and says, it's you, you're jinxing me, the devil. And he chases Balthazar with a chair. But, uh, and then, uh, he, um, Balthazar, a couple of scenes later, just runs from him yep. when he's about to throw a bottle at him. At the, the criminal's about to throw a bottle at, at Balthazar. Balthazar, sadly, at no point really does anything even faintly human in a way that... You know, no, he, he, he doesn't have any good gags. He, he doesn't... I mean, he 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 like has a hat on at one point, you know. Yeah, there, there's the yeah the flower crown, and there, a couple of times when he like side eyes the camera, like Jim in the office, and is like, check out these guys, yeah, you know, what's going on? Um, he yeah, he's good at deadpanning to into the lens to you know break yeah, the fourth wall, keep things cheeky, and, and like right at the beginning, before the time dash, you you get to see like baby Belfazar. Oh my god! And, and that like just one of the cutest little donkeys you're ever gonna see. But like the he's, yeah. got, the, he's got this great curly like mop of hair the second note i have here uh, in the notes i took is what a photogenic donk yeah and that uh, and he's, a, he's a good looking boy well and the second donkey they get uh who i presume might be several but anyway uh um has just all this like character and yeah. personality without ever this film as like it kind of goes without saying if you know robert bresson but this film at no point humanizes the most quote unquote like understandable thing mm. Balthazar does 
is like run away from people chasing him. Uh, or, well, like he, uh, Gerard is about to throw the bottle mm. at him and he runs. And also when Gerard is being shitty to him, mm. he won't move. And then Gerard sets his tail on fire. Yeah. Because fuck that guy. <laughs> yeah. Most of the people who like hate this film on Letterboxd are like, like this is a animal abuse movie. And it's yeah. a, and like I, either thinking it's movie they're condoning animal abuse or thinking that it is actually depicting animal abuse. And I, I, I think this movie does like I, I think that Brisson is like putting in a lot of work to like make sure you never actually see that you, you like never actually see like like people actually like hitting or abusing the donkey. There are moments where like people are hitting him with like sticks or like whacking him with their hands, and it's always it's always a shot like mainly on the person, I and mean, then you're seeing part of what could be a donkey or could be just like a, a prop donkey yeah uh, it is the fish be like one time you see him like maybe actually like being hurt is 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 the like tail on fire sequence yeah. and there are a bunch of ways to do that yeah safely yeah no a lot of the time uh, like the time dash is established by uh, uh you you cut to the low the the local shithead yeah who's the guy who probably stole the money who i think ran the business that the money was stolen from possibly yeah uh, uh, uh and and he is harshly whipping balthazar but yeah. what he's doing is that he is whipping towards the camera and then we cut to balthazar yeah like it is this film manages to convey both uh, um, trigger warning for animal violence and sexual violence. Bresson uh, is working so hard to contain these horrific things in a way that does not weaken them. Yeah. It does not like the cruelty to Balthazar is uh, horrific yes. and painful and uh and the sexual violence that happens is incredibly disturbing, but is like portrayed by finding a woman naked in a room and a man hugging someone, then cutting to her doing up one button on her shirt. Yeah, it, it, or, or, uh, yeah, and it's like like what one one shot of like a group of men like like all climbing out a window. Like yes, obviously Brisson is like his films are like all about pain and trauma mm. and cruelty but he he's he is not he's not interested in shock at all no, he's, interested, he's interested in pain and not fear yeah as much as he doesn't like actors and it seems like he maybe doesn't like people he cares about the effects that these things have on people yeah it, it, it puts me in mind of jennifer kent hmm. and how and how jennifer kent made both uh, made babadook in a way that that kid didn't have to know how yeah. bad what was going on was yeah, and, and, and then nightingale in a way that that baby didn't actually get slammed into a wall <laughs> uh, and like there is a kid no there's a kid there's a kid who says racist stuff or like sexually violent stuff in nightingale right and, and yeah. when you watch that like he is only saying that in close-ups when other people are saying worse things he's not in shot yeah and it is just like you can do this in moral ways without having to like no, no film is worth someone getting hurt. Yeah, uh, and not even except for Twilight Zone the movie. But that that sense of ellipticalness, I think, yeah, extends to like how Arnold's story of salvation. Why I think he is after Marie, the most human person in the film, who's not Balthazar, who's neither human nor a person. Um, 
is that like he uh, then he he Balthazar runs away and joins the circus because like you have like that's the law has to happen in every film. Yeah, no. If, if you're making a film about an animal that's being treated poorly, yeah, yeah, it has to be in the circus at one point, and it has to be with a vagabond at one point, and, and, and it has to be with a teenage girl at one point. But he goes to the circus, get, uh, gets Balthazar back, and, uh, and the, the the circus puts him in a geek act. <laughs> He's eating the heads off chickens. Yeah, nightmarily we roll along. Um. It, it is, and then uh, we we cut to him in in his shack, and the scene we described earlier happens where the cops are coming. The cops are coming, and he finds out he's gotten this great inheritance. Yeah. And in any other narrative, he's there's then this massive party yeah, where uh, uh, Gerard uh, flips out and smashes all the alcohol while people keep dancing. <laughs> that is where Marie's mum is like, uh, don't fuck with this guy. Him and his friends might end up uh, sexually assaulting you as a team. And, uh, and she's like, great, if that's what he wants, I'm all for it. It is. And Balthazar is outside being terrified by firecrackers. Yeah. And, but it is this... A lot, 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 lot of great reaction shots of Balthazar in this scene. Yeah. Uh, 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 probably just using a laser pointer, right? Um, we had to go to like one of the universities in Paris and get a laser yeah. the size of a Louvre. Yeah, the way they used to scan the moon or whatever. Yeah, oh yeah, the, yeah, you're right. They had to get the the glass pyramid from the Louvre because it's actually a laser. Um, oh, that is that's in the Da Vinci Code, right? There, where they they put like a a a battery in in the Louvre glass pyramid in it fires a laser into the moon and it reveals a thing that's like uh, uh, Leonardo da Vinci and they're like, oh, that's like the uh, uh, soon-to-be-deceased DJ uh, Avinci and they go and he's like, go talk to Dead Mouse, but they don't talk to Dead Mouse. They're like, Dead Mouse, uh, Dead Mouse, Mickey Mouse. And, yeah, you know, it, turns so. out, it turns out it's a website the whole time. <laughs> they go to the website and the Riddler's there. <laughs> anyway, um, they... Fuck, that's... The, the, the Batman in theaters now. There's some pretty good stuff in it. Yeah, like... Yeah. Good lot, fun. Lot, lot, lots of individually good scenes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And... I like that they could follow, like, if they just go a bit more batshit. Sure, and not, yeah. I'm not talking about, like, magic or whatever. Like, I anyway, uh, uh, boring, and we might talk. We'll talk about it at the end of the year. Yeah, probably. Uh, yeah, no, like, it's just finding a reason to. Anyway, yeah, yeah. Um, is because we've got to at least talk about the uh, equilibrium fight. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's a good bit. Or the bit where he just punches everyone in the face. Yeah, where he's definitely killing people. Yeah. And so they make sure to show that people aren't dead. Um, uh, a bit like that happens in, in like, William Hartnell era Doctor Who. The Doctor smacks someone in the head with a pickaxe. And so they have to end the scene with, like, oh, he's snoring. It's... <laughs> Do you want to know what happens in they this? Don't, they, don't, they, don't, they don't just end with him, with, 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 with him off scene and be like, I'm actually fine. <laughs> do, you, there is, uh, uh, in, do you know what happens in the third ever episode of Doctor Who? Not third story, third ever episode. Uh, someone, uh, like a caveman beats someone up or something. Well, well, that happens in the fourth episode. Oh, okay. But uh, in the third episode, they're escaping the Cave of Skulls. Oh, uh, um, And and uh, they have an injured caveman with them. Mm. And the doctor is like, look, I've got this big heavy rock. 
Let's just smash his head in <laughs> and move on. <laughs> and they're like, no. But like, anyway. Um, television. The television rules the nation. Daft Punk. And, but it really seems. Of course, cash rules everything around me. Yeah, all, I dream, uh, all day I dream about sex. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, uh, 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 pick up matches ASAP. That's what Puma stands for. No, no, no. I don't talk about that a lot. So it's, it's actually it's it's a, it's a it, it, if every time you 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 wear Puma branded clothing, it's actually a note from your wife. Uh, self-contained underwater breathing apparatus. Um, so it really seems like how Arnold the criminal story is going to end is that he now finally has the resources to be good. Yeah. Because the thing that is driving him to drink and violence is poverty, of course, as is the case with, I'm going to say, almost all people driven to those things. Um, oh, I don't know. I know. I know. I know quite a few alcoholics who are doing okay for themselves monetarily. Uh Yeah, maybe he'll find his way out of this, right? But then he dies. Like, a scene later, he dies, and Balthazar is sold off. Because there is is no retribution. There is no justice. You can try as hard as you like, but we just die. And, like, Marie tries the hardest she can to be a good person, to be honest and kind. She, like, keeps trying to love Jacques, the nice guy who yeah. who she, like, loved as a child yeah. and who, and who like, wants to start a life with her, but she just kind of can't bring herself to do it. And she keeps finding ways to push him away and to, like, push herself, like, further into, into the arms of bad men who want the worst for her. Yeah, because... And it is all in this tangle of her being unable to accept affection from sources that don't harm or control her. Yeah, and it's all it's all tied in with her sister dying when she was young, and, yeah. and her dad refusing to live a proper life, mm. and just like yeah, like like cho- cho- choosing choosing to die for his ideals. Well, and it is there is so much death in this film, mm. and it ends with Balthazar's death. Yeah. He he's shot Gerard and his gang, some of whom are on motorcycles, some of whom are on bikes, which is just a real status play. Um, they steal Balthazar and rob somewhere and to take a bunch of like cigarettes and gold. Yeah. Um, to uh, somewhere to like. Because they get, go up against customs, so maybe they're trying to flee the country. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so, so something like that. And. and there is some kind of why are they gun so, uh, They're like trespassing on some farmer's land. Yeah, and and, and and yeah, so they start getting shot at. They drop all their stuff and run and leave Belfazar there, and he gets shot in the flank and just sort of stands around till morning, and then uh, uh, walks into a walks into a flock of sheep and dies. Yeah, and it is like his death is for nothing. Yeah. And, l- and just it- like the death of Jesus Christ. Do you really is- buy that reading? I mean, that Balthazar is like Jesus. I mean, there is a scene where he is baptized and there is a scene where he like leads a religious procession. And like, yeah, he, yeah. he leads uh, Maria's dad's uh, funeral. Yeah. And the like, whole thing is, is him like observing all the like sins and suffering, but like never interfering and like taking all of this pain on himself. He is a literal beast of burden, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. like he is carrying everyone's shit. I mean, it ends with him dying in in the middle of a flock of sheep 
at one point I think it's like I think it's like Marie's mum says that he's a saint I think the like Jesus reading of this movie is fairly I don't know like like clear oh I, I, yeah sorry the the I, I should have been more it's great to lay it out like that and I don't disagree with anything you've said in terms of like the reading of the text the thing I'm differing on is that I don't think the intent is to say that he is like Jesus I think what is happening is a. I don't think he's Aslan. I think it is supposed to be a contrast. Uh, I th- I think it is supposed to be that like uh, Hugh, uh, Jesus was uh, even outside of religion, probably just a guy who was like, "Can we just be nice to each other?" You know. Um, Except for Romans, they suck. Yeah, I mean, where's the lie? Yeah. Um, Gabagool. <laughs> on and that he was someone of of great empathy uh, uh and like no, this is uh, this film is more religious than either of us are hmm. and, and so it takes their reading of jesus and the thing is that the the point of stressing that balthazar is at no point humanized is that we are never the the only empathy we ever see him have is for himself. There, there are multiple scenes where he is like witness to people being cruel to each other, and you kind of think that like, oh, like if I was writing this film, even with these rules, you know, I would be like, but then Balthazar is like, no, and fights off the aggressor, you know, sure, yeah. Um, but we don't get that because Balthazar doesn't have empathy, yeah. So he is like, it is he is j- like. The Jesus comparison is to juxtapose rather than compare. Do you know what I mean? Like, they're, they're kind of opposites in some ways rather than the same. Uh, and, and I guess so what I'm saying is that uh, you're wrong and you've humiliated yourself. Uh, wouldn't be the first time this week. Uh, uh, before... Before we uh, finish up our discussion on our Hazard Balthazar, I do want to stress... That there is a, a moment, Gerard, when Gerard is the, the protagonist, the owner of, of Balthazar, he uses him to deliver bread for his parents who run a bakery. And that is introduced by the most French shot ever in the way that those three guys walking through those blasted railway tracks and stalkers, the most Russian shot ever. Yeah. Which is this middle-aged uh, uh, kind of stout woman in it in a floral headscarf, lovingly caressing a, a, a basket of baguettes <laughs> in a way that, like, you can almost hear, like, the the, the French, or, like, you know, the, the lilting music in the background and smell the garlic and cigarettes. You're, you're surprised a mime doesn't step in. Um it's also probably the greatest act of affection in, in the whole film. <laughs> well, because this film is entirely people being like flatly being like, I love you. And the other sure, person being yeah. like, I know. It's like when, when Gerard steals money from the bakery, his mum is like, listen to me. You know, I love you and you won't want for, e- for anything. And then he turns around and she says, you can't mock me like that, which is uh, without in response to him doing nothing. Which is kind of the whole of Robert Bresson in a nutshell, right? No actors, open brackets. No directing of actors, close brackets. No parts, open brackets. No directing of parts, close brackets. No staging. 
but the use of working models taken from life, being models instead of seeming actors. Thanks, Bob. I, I like. Yeah, obviously, this film is sound, right? Hollow idea of art cinema, of art films, art films. The ones most devoid of it. So is that you calling it shite? No, it's good. Yeah, where does it sit for you amongst the Bressons we've watched for this? I mean, uh, I think that a man escaped is still my favourite, and it might just be because that's the one I saw first. And like, it's it's uh, it's and yeah, and, and like and like seeing that style of filmmaking for for for, for the first time was like such a like like new experience. Yeah, they're all good. I think they're all about equally good. These are these are three really special and important films. Oh yeah, uh, absolutely. It's a favorite child situation, and mm. that you're like they're all good, but I do have a favorite. And yeah, no, I, I I agree. I think there is something to the purity and just. Uh, straight jacket restraint of a man escape. Yeah. That, that pickpocket and, um, Balthazar lack, even though both of those films, and especially Balthazar, which I'd put in the middle, um, uh, do things better than it. Like, yeah. uh, the best performances he gets out of people are in Balthazar. Yes. Um, it is. It's just I mean, that as a like Bressonian model, you don't really get a whole bit of Van Anwezinski in this. She is doing the like exact thing of of, of, of like it, it. It seems like she is being more than she is acting in this. There, there is often a like stiltedness to, to to her, which is like part of what Bresson wants. He one of the notes in the book, which I can't find at the moment, is how it is like ridiculous to to prefer one style of talking over another yeah. to like say that naturalness must be better than unnaturalness or whatever. Mm. Yeah, and and. She she has this face which just like expresses sadness so well. She is like oh, what is the lead of Metropolis? Brigitte Helm. Yeah, she she puts me in mind of Brigitte Helm. Mm. Uh, I mean, they they look quite similar, but in the sense that they are just kind of faces that are in ways emoji. They mm. are just pure expressions yeah. of, uh, of unfiltered feeling. And like part of that is aesthetic. Part of what I am describing is like, she is attractive, but part of it is that there is a, a, a transparency. It is like people, other people giving these performances would be doing too much. Yes. But it, it is just right. And especially doing forms that in her case is sometimes as big as it is in this, in Balthazar, is the most expressive anyone as far as we've been. Hmm. We'll find out when we do the Pirates of the Caribbean, Robert Bresson, Stranger Tides. <laughs> um, uh, I've been saving that up for the whole episode. <laughs> um, uh, is like the most expressive by like almost an order of magnitude yeah. I've ever, I've ever seen someone be. Uh, and it absolutely fits. And that comes down to her, and you can see why she went on to do other work. Yeah, and you, you can see why every like every director she ever worked with fell in love with her. Yeah, but that's because yeah, a lot of directors harass their cast. Um, Finn, out of we uh, every episode, someone's first episode should explain. We, me, and Finn here, we keep ranking ranked lists of every film we've watched for this podcast. Uh, uh, where does it sit? on your list of every film we've watched so far. Uh, I have El Hazard Belfazar at number 46. 
Above City Lights and below Pifa Panchali. Okay. I have it at number 47, which I fear sounds too low. So can I just run my 40 for you, 40s <laughs> for you down? Sure. Raging Bull, so that's 40. Yeah. Raging Bull, Wild Strawberries, Sunset Boulevard, City Lights, Sancho the Bailiff, A Man Escaped, Jean Delma, Alhazard Balthazar, Mera, Pink Floyd's The Wall, Andre Rublev. <laughs> like, this is a, a, it's a bunch of good movies. Well, it, this one is great. It is short. If you have any interest in art film, check out Robert Bresson's work mm. and especially check this out. A Criterion's restoration of it is exquisite. Like, obviously, we forgot to mention it has the sign of ultra quality, a slide at the beginning <laughs> describing its restoration. Mwah. But yeah, it's. It, we are like, it is crazy that he made a film better than this. Yeah. Because, yeah. This would be any, almost anyone else's best film, you know? Uh, do you want to hear a negative review of it, though? Oh, sure. Let, let, let's, let's, let's hear what idiots think. Uh, I mean, a, yeah, a lot of these negative reviews, as you have uh, alluded to, are people thinking the film endorses sexual violence yeah. and um, uh, uh, cruelty to animals, which I absolutely like it is in yeah i just really think it doesn't i think you really have to stretch to believe that i understand that people cannot want to see those things sure yeah but that like doesn't make it bad you know so this review is by bricked van hoot Mm. Uh, half a star Punching donkeys and manipulating a girl. Yeah, sure. Quote, unquote. Great movie. (laughs) Just a piece of long, stupid theater. People coming on stage and leaving scenes. The world isn't bigger than what appears on screen. And the characters are all written down with one sentence. And it takes four times with the same kind of action. Same kind of rhythm. Same kind of shots to to end. Kill that dude in the leather jacket. Let the donkey free and fuck off if the girl wants to stay at home. Don't know how this became a torture for me to watch. And I guess the only comment for me to make on that is... uh, the film is the opposite to that. Everything that person just said is precisely wrong. Yep. Right now, as we speak, all of the electricity in France is being produced by a flywheel that someone hooked up to Robert Rousson's grave. Yeah. Just in case people uh, compare his films to theatre. I like films that are like theatre. Sure, yeah. And th- it's or even like metaphorically, remember the Orday episode? <laughs> Orday, like, it is... This is not that at all. No. And not even... People don't come in and leave. There are characters that stay from the... Like... Anyway, do you want to guess uh, uh, Brecht Van Hoot's top four films on Oh, Letterboxd? why not? Okay. One, uh, you have not seen and I've not really heard of. So, uh, it's it's Paolo... Sorrentino. Okay. It's, 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 not, it's not the Hand of God. No, no, no. Okay. It, I, I, yeah, it's I, an I, earlier joint. Yeah. yeah. It is uh, The Great Beauty. Oh, okay. No, I've I've, I've heard of that because Helly Hagland recommended it on an episode of The Flop House. Oh, yeah. Uh, the next 
is a film that I really struggle with being on people's top fours. Cause Joker. <laughs> no, because if people like this film and disagree with my other taste, it is, it's a bit like fancying someone who you find out, uh, fucks dogs. <laughs> where you're like, no, you can't. I can't like someone who fucks dogs or like dogs want to fuck, you know? Um, okay. Um, it's a pretty fishy film. The Shape of Water? <laughs> no. no. Um, okay, it's not Shark Tale. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, what's the, what's the fish-based movie equivalent of dog fucking? Uh, it's not fish-based. It, it stars a fish. Is the fish called Wanda? No. <laughs> uh, the fish plays Caden Cotard. Okay, I definitely know that name. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, God. Well, he's in several things, and all of those things are inside themselves. Is, 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 that, is that Philip Seymour Hoffman's character in 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 Synecdoche, New York? Yep. Yeah, Philip Seymour Hoffman, P-S-H, fish. I've used that on you before. I, no, I don't think you have. I have. I remember it. I remember the days of the old schoolyard. We used to laugh a lot. Uh, the next is uh, Alejandro Gonzalez Inaritu's third, fourth best film. Uh, Birdman. No, no, no. Better than Birdman. The Revenant. Equal to, like, this is what it's equal to. Beautiful. No, no. Well, no. I, I, I do not know that many. To, top is films. Ameros Peros. Right. I now haven't given you that. Now it is remember the other one. Right, it's, it's, not, it's not. It's not City of the God. But does it have a title like that? No. No. Fuck. One word title. One word title. Yeah. Is it in English or Spanish? English. English. Brad Pitt, Kate Blanchett, Gael Garcia Bernal. Oh no, parts of it are in Japanese. Right. Yeah. I do. I cannot remember the other the narrator. Uh, Babel. Oh, Babel. Yeah, Jesus yeah. Christ. Uh, okay, and the last one has maybe the biggest twist ending of all time. Open windows. No. no. Big, bigger than open windows. Bigger than open windows. Um, I know you've seen this film. We were in the same room. Uh, from Dust Till Dawn. No. N- more recent. Uh, okay. N- n- uh, uh, for for biggest twist of all time recent and like we are not going to be able to talk about the twist on here it's too new memoria yeah i know i fucked that up i gave too much away memoria check it out you will not guess the ending (laughs) you won't i promise knowing it has a twist ending will not change no absolutely not yeah i promise check it out i think it's good yeah um, I look forward to covering it in an Appy Chat Pong, whereas the cool in Paris. <laughs> title doesn't scan at all. Yeah, I know. That's what's funny about it. No, but like, it, it doesn't scan to the point where like people won't know what the joke is. Okay, then Appy Chat Pong, whereas the cool's runnings. Sure, yeah. yeah I, I don't know. Um, okay. You, the guy who made a talking cat. A talking cat? I don't know. I have only... The only part of this film I'm familiar with is uh, the fact that it's clearly shot in a house that has been used to shoot porn. Yeah. And, and that there is uh, 
that the, the two young male leads at least have the vibe of uh, 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 of uh, queer mainstream gay porn stars. Uh, yes, and yeah, and 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 be like dad of one of them looks like a guy who was in porn twenty five years ago and just kind of let himself go. Yeah, background actor in uh, Boogie Nights, uh, and beyond that, and like I know. Eric Roberts from him, how he always dresses for the occasion. Um, but you, yeah, you know, so take me through, what the fuck is this? I thought I spent the whole, so much of it assuming it's a first film and you were like, no, this guy's made like a hundred films. Talk me through this. Yeah. Okay. So I, I will, I will see how many films, uh, okay. Yeah. So, yeah. So I, I've, I think this might be about this person's hundredth film. A Talking Cat was directed by David Decoteau, who I think like maybe started out working under Roger Corman in like the very early 80s, and since then has directed at least 158 films, most of which are gay softcore pornography, but like also directed things, uh, you know. And, and yet, like, this is not to, like, uh, uh, this is not a judgment of quality or a moral judgment. Uh, like, we all enjoy gay softcore porn from what, like, I, I, I'm happy to admit that I do, Finn. Um, this is what it is. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not ready to admit that yet. I just gotta say that this is what, this is the only struggle of being a bisexual man on a podcast with uh, a straight man is that we can never really, uh, talk through the softcore gay porn we've watched. Uh, uh, um, Yes. Yeah, so. No, sorry. Uh, is that it? Like it, this film has that vibe. A hundred percent. There is a scene where one guy is teaching another guy how to swim. That is gayer than anything in Moonlight. Yeah, it has in, this incredibly homoerotic tension. Yeah. and there's all the. Could, could you teach me how to swim? Oh yeah, of course. <laughs> and it is like it's 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 strange. It's strange because this film feels like it's for kids. Yes. Um. And but it also like. This is clearly shot on the same kind of camera, which I think are also like the cameras that news crews use. Yeah. So they, so it all looks slightly over sharpened, but that's because we're used to films softening things. Mm. And like all the, a lot of the time it'll look like home videos and that like the light through windows is just blown out, pure searing white. And so it does like, it has like a, this kind of Teflon or like the feeling of like chewing aluminium. It feels airless and kind of soulless. I mean, yeah, yeah. It's all, it's all shot like mainly in one, like, like giant, like modern mansion. Yeah. The like entire movie feels as like sterile as this like gross California mansion. Yeah. Uh, like, and it's kind of a Mick mansion. Right? Yeah. Well, no, no, it, 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 it absolutely is. Um, it, it's, it just feels, but like part of this film's success and I'm not calling it sound. Well, yet, it sounds like you are. It is that there is like a weird life to it that m- reaches beyond like it's death- deadly aesthetic. Yeah, so I'm yeah. not going to do the thing this time that I did uh, during, during Chopping Mall where I read out every single movie that the director had made. But but like here, here, here are a few of like major David Ducoteau films. In uh, 1988, you got Sorority Babes in the Slimeball Bolorama. Starring 80s horror icon Linnea Quigley. 
He directed at least four of the Puppet Master films. He directed Puppet Master 3, Toulon's Revenge, A Curse of a Puppet Master, Retro Puppet Master, uh, Puppet Master Axis of Evil. <laughs> Whoa. Uh, that one's about Nazis. No, I, I, really? Oh, buddy. Look at the poster and then that does strongly kind of evoke the level of quality of this film. Well, yeah. Well, I mean, I mean of course, of course, the most recent Puppet Master film from 2018, which is directed by some other people, is called Puppet Master The Littlest Reich. And that one was mm-hmm. written by S. Craig Zahler. And, uh, and I believe a star- uh, 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 Every episode is someone's first episode. Who is S. Craig Zahler? He is an American novelist, screenwriter, director- Maniac. And maniac, yeah. Who makes unreconstructed uh, grindhouse movies. The first film he directed was Bone Tomahawk, mm. where a bunch of people have to ride out and kill a bunch of uh, troglodyte uh, Native Americans uh, who eat people. Uh, uh, great movie. I mean, his most recent movie is, of course, Dragged Across Concrete, yeah. the movie where Mel Gibson and Vince Vaughn play racist, uh, power-abusing cops, which is actually a very good movie as well. I think all of his movies are good, and I think that one is actually his least fascist. Yeah, but there's a lot of darkness in you. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, he, 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 <laughs> yeah. He, 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 he's, he's, an, he's an interesting, weird guy who, uh, 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 who, uh, whose politics are hard to pin down, but uh, are, are probably, I mean, like, no, I don't think they're there. I mean, no, like, I think that Zala is probably a conservative. I don't think he's a fascist like a lot of people on, like, Letterboxd do. I've, like, 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 like how Zack Snyder isn't a fascist, but, like, dumb he people. He just are, makes a bit fashy film. Like, sometimes, yeah. Yeah. But or Brad Bird. We'll, we'll talk about Brad Bird some other time. Yeah, he, he makes fashy films, is what I'm saying. But yeah, so yeah, the the, the most recent Puppet Master film was is written by S. Craig Zahler. Yeah, and and that, and that was like after he'd had like like you know like two like two big movies that people that, that like got a lot of traction people liked a lot so he's just doing it for the love of it at that yeah. point yeah yeah no I, I think i think he just really wanted to write a puppet master movie uh fair is what i want to say but also like okay yeah yeah so like that that, that that's that, that, that that's most of the like really prominent stuff he's done and yeah, I mean, it's, you know, just like a bunch of other, like, like sort of like, like a bunch of like, like full, a bunch of like Full Moon, also like, like post Roger Corman sci-fi horror stuff with, and, and then in the like 2000s and 2010s he gets into like mockbuster type stuff. Yeah. Or and and like dumb like versus movies, like he's got a movie called uh, Bigfoot versus DB Cooper. It's a, well, it's a kind of a good pairing, but it doesn't look but, like it's any good. Yeah, who plays D.B. D. Cooper? I mean, my, my, my guess is no one I've ever heard of. <laughs> <laughs> no, but sometimes they get like like Tara Reid, you know? Like maybe it's- Okay, you are not going to believe this. There is no one in the cast list as playing D.B. Cooper. <laughs> Once again, he's escaped. Yeah, the 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 the, the, the top build person is Eric Roberts as older Bernie. Then next we have uh, 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 the next we have uh, Jordan Rodriguez as Bernie. They're like only other people who seem to be at all prominent: uh, Linnea Quigley as a flight attendant, and someone called uh, 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 and someone called uh, Nils Ellen Stewart, who I think was like a like a uh, uh, who I think was like a costume kind of actor guy. So do you th- uh, who so, plays Bigfoot? So does he have a running relationship with 
um, Eric Roberts because Eric Roberts is the voice of the titular talking cat, cat exclamation mark question yeah. mark exclamation mark so I, I my guess is that uh, is like Eric Roberts will do whatever he has uh, 428 credits uh, list still in the box yeah. if, if you can afford him he'll he'll do it yeah and, and, and like David Decoteau makes a lot of movies and Eric Roberts has a lot of time on his oh, hands so you're saying it's just a statistical like Likelihood, kind uh, of. Thing. I mean, like, 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 like. Eric Roberts has also been in, you know, in, 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 in uh, like, if Eric Roberts has also been in like Uwe Boll movies. Oh God, that's right. Yeah, yeah. You know, he, he will, he will, he will be in anything. But, but yeah, it seems, it seems like he's been in, a, in, in at least like three or four of of of, of Dicotto's films. Uh, uh, he's also in a film called uh, Bonnie and Clyde: Colon Justified. Uh, uh, okay. What what are they doing that's justified? Uh, shooting people, it looks like. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, yeah. yeah, yeah. Cool, cool, cool. Got it. Makes sense, I guess, is what I'm saying. But yeah, I mean, I mean but like other stuff that Eric Roberts is doing these days is like, is, is you know, is like Stalked by My Doctor series. Oh, yeah, I've seen Stalked by My Doctor too. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, because one of, uh, when I was working on Power Rangers, one of the Power Rangers is the person who was stalked by her doctor. Oh, right. Okay, so this film is people making a film in a week that they think will apply, will, will work for kids. I, I guess. It's, I, like, I think that's the only generous reading you can give of it. And I do think there are things to like in this. It, it, it is to be clear, bad. Yes. Uh, and, and, but it's not like this. Like as I said to you, if Age of Dragons is the worst film we've watched, that's good. This is the best of the bad films. Sure, you know what I yeah. mean? And that there's no part of it that is incompetent. It just all sucks. You know, and it's just all. Sh- Do you know what I'm saying? I don't know. It's I, not. I, I'd say there are parts of it incompetent. Oh, the montage of them scanning the clothes and yeah. yeah, that's the bit that's the constant use of the same stock footage or B roll as establishing shots when they are all establishing completely like contradictory things. I'd say that's incompetent. I feel like whole movie takes place in, in, in like California and then sometimes it'll like cut to like B roll of, of like a redwood forest. But then it'll also cut to establishing shots of a like Pacific Northwest like pine forest or like to a beach in Hawaii. And the film is asking you to believe that like these shots are all connected in some way ah uh, okay oh i feel like uh, you are i i think we have to trust that there's intent behind decisions like that not like it, it is i just don't think like this isn't this is bad because no one cared like the script obviously bad Yes. Everyone is just saying exposition to each other, like that person falsely said about Balthazar, but is true about this. Everyone is just a one-line description, and they repeat that over and over again. Everyone has one clear problem that is solved when the talking cat talks to them after about three minutes of like, you're talking to me? Yes, I'm talking to you. I can only talk to people once, but you're talking to me. Every single person has the exact same conversation with this fucking cat. Well, and then they go to someone who's going to go, a cat just talked to me, and they're like, no, a cat could and just talk to you. Do you, you mean it meowed? It is, but each time, like the dialogue is repetitive, like and beats within incidents are repetitive. But every scene moves the plot 
such that it is forward. Sure. Uh, 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 Everything in it is set up and paid off, even in the blandest terms, in a way that is simply not true of the other bad films we've watched. And so this is like someone not caring as opposed to doing bad work. Like this is someone who understands the kind of fundamentals of telling a story like this, but is then just like, okay, she can talk on the phone. She can say, what does she, what's the thing she says three times? I know. I know. I know. She says, I know three times, three times, nine times total. Yeah, that's no, a classic comedy rule of nines. It feels like, it feels dark placey. It feels like <laughs> yeah. deliberately bad. Uh, um, but it is just them working quickly. There are so many scenes that end awkwardly, but that's just because they don't have enough to cut into the next scene with. So it is like the teaching him to swim scene ends with this weird, like, five-second-long shot of the guy in the water bobbing up and down, just staring. There's the the drilling into the fence where we just get to see a guy... Just, like, holding a power drill on, like, the other side of the fence, which he's supposed to be fixing. And, yeah, you, 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 you just see him just, like, hold it up to the fence and go... For, like, four seconds, and then it cuts away. Uh, yeah, it's- probably because they uh, legally weren't allowed to ruin the fence. <laughs> yeah, there is a, but yeah, it's not. It's artless, but not talentless. Do you know what I'm saying? No, you I think it's talentless. I, mean, as well. I, I, I don't know. I, I, I mean, if, if, if I'd seen like sorority babes in a slime ball bolorama, or or like retro puppet master, if I'd if I'd seen what 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 like Dickato like could 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 do when he like is in like a caring mode, I I might have an opinion on whether yeah. or not this this is like artless or talentless. But I don't know. Very well, could be both. Yeah, that is fair. That's and, a fair and like statement. the 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 script was not written by him. No, if it was, it was written under a pseudonym because he also directs under the pseudonym of Mary Crawford. Uh, sometimes, yeah, and uh, in this case, he does. Yeah, uh, what is the Mary pseudonym that uh, Soderbergh uses for like editing? He's like Mary Ann Bernard or something. Peter Andrews is when he dops. Yeah. Mary Ann Bernard, yes, yeah. is when he edits. Anyway, what, I guess what I'm trying to say is David Dakota was just as good as Soderbergh. No, he is absolutely not. Like, when, when Soderbergh makes trash, he makes Unsane, which yeah, is yeah. at least, like, thrilling. Whereas this just, there's a real sense of running out the clock and filling this, the hour. This, this movie has three different, this, this movie has three different credit sequences and still only makes it to 85 minutes. Uh, and and they're, they're, they're three long credit sequences. Yeah, the, the final credits, the, the third set of credits, are full of just random shots of the cat. Not the cat doing cute things, it's just uh, ca- like film trims of the cat just hanging out. Yeah. And you can tell they are just, like, they had a contractually mandated runtime. Yeah. In Ohazad Belfazar, in the like opening sequence, the baby donkey is cute as hell and like and like steals the show. And yeah. in, in the like later scenes where he's like an older, more grizzled donkey, yeah, like well, who has character, yeah, yeah. yeah. And and like in this, this fucking cat, Squeaky, playing the role of Duffy, yeah, sucks shit. Well, this this, this fucking loser cannot act, cannot hold a close up, just looks constantly bored, does nothing charismatic, find any other cat 
and it would be more interesting cinematically than fucking squeaky. Well, yeah, at the, at the risk of repeating material from the wonderful Flophouse episode yes. uh, uh, on this, it is transparent that the footage of this cat was from someone following the cat around with a camera. Following the cat with, with a camera and a laser pointer. And often shooting from a distance. Mm. So a lot of the footage of the cat is, is is through a zoomed lens, which in emphasizing all the micro tremors of the human hand. So there is this like jittery Paul Greengrass tension whenever you look at this cat. Whereas the rest of the time it is, they clearly had a slider because every shot in this movie loves to slide in or out. Sure, yeah. Uh, regardless of whether it is, uh, let's say appropriate or useful, but it is so like, there are so many times when, like, they, they will, like, use, like, zooms to try and disguise the fact they're using the same B-roll again. Yeah. Like, they have, like, four main shots that they keep going back to. It's, like, one, one of a beach, one of a river, one of, like, a small waterfall, one of a larger waterfall. And what they'll do each time they cut back to it is, is they'll, like, start the B-roll at a slightly different point, or they'll, like, have it zoomed in or zoomed yeah. out. So, 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 like, just, like, trying to trick you into thinking you're watching a different image than you were before. And, and like, and like multiple times, like, like, there's something they do, like, at least two times, which yeah. is... Uh, There's a shot of a waterfall that we had at least four times. Oh, I, I, I think the waterfall was like five or six times. Oh, wow. Okay, like, then I noticed four times. Yeah. yeah. There is something they do twice, which is to signify that it is now a new day. Uh, they'll cut to a JPEG of a sunrise and slowly zoom in on it. And you, like um, the nostalgic critics, Pink Floyd's The Wall, yes. visible JPEG compression <laughs> like uh, uh go to pixels.com and get a free stock image that will be high enough resolution like yeah it is yeah it's not great it's not it no i there is an artificiality to this as we've talked about and which like starts from like, at one point, there are two families. There's a rich family and a poor family. The rich family is just a dad and a kid. The poor family is a mum and two kids. And eventually, they become one family. It's a real Brady it's a, bunch. Yeah, it's a Brady bunch. Uh, and, and it's sort of like the rich dad has just accidentally burned waffles in the kitchen, and there's no smoke. No. He's, he's, <laughs> there's just like later dubbed in sound of a, of, a, of, of, a, of a smoke alarm, and him waving a tea gel and going, ooh, smoke, yeah. And it all kind of, like, it it has this airiness and this, like, oddness in it. The way there is something Stepford about it. Mm. Uh, Like, the introductory character beat between the dad and the son is, like, there's a car, there's a seat that is the back of a VW Beetle. And he sits down being like, vroom, vroom, got a car. And then the son is like... Like Dad, you do that every day. Yeah, you used to like it when you were a kid before your mum left. Uh, and, and it is just like, it's like a simulacra of human behavior. The other family, like, I've got a plan. I've got a web business. And my brother doesn't know what he's going to do in his life. And then like, every. Well, s- shut up, goofus. <laughs> You're the goofus. And it is like, it does feel like something that 
Trelfemidorians made because they by watching Billy Pilgrim in Montana, you well, know? And, 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 like, not to say that everyone in this movie is terrible, because I think there's one person who is, like, kind of good, and it's the girl who says... I know nine times. Her performance is kind of like knowing and fun. I, I, but, 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 but like, but like every performance in this movie, like shows kind of exactly what Robert Bresson is talking about when he's talking about the, the, the like limitations of acting. Yeah. They are, they are lifetime TV performance. Yeah. They're like caught in, in their like kind of like weird contradictory space between like trying to seem like a real person, but also giving like kind of like a big performance for like a kid's movie, but also they're not being like directed well. So, and, and they're, 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 or, and they're, or at all. Yeah. And, and they're shooting on like very tight schedules. So like everything just comes off slightly weird, but like it is trying to be normal in like, Oh, has our like there are performances that are weird but, but like but like the, the weirdness and the stiltedness feels like purposeful it feels it, it, it feels of a piece with the film and 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 here when the performances or like line deliveries are stilted it feel it feels like a failure yeah i think part of it is i think it is the soap opera problem mm. and, and i think it is and i call it the soap opera problem because it is a problem soap operas have solved uh how how one writes a soap opera and how you direct and how people act in soap operas is entirely designed around the fact that they have to shoot one episode sometimes more a day yeah uh, and that requires a way to modulate things and to pitch things. How do you make things exciting or interesting or dynamic without ever taking a big risk where you might need to reset? Yeah. And uh, well, performances are flat and mundane. Uh, uh, and that is because they have one or two takes. Yeah. And for performances that they have to do that quickly, most of the time, these are not failures. And I think there is respect to be given for that. Uh, uh, they are poorly written characters, but they're each kind of given... Uh, they, they could all be worse, is what I'm saying. They could I mean, All the performances could easily be worse. Sure. It's getting to my core point that... Uh, no, the only bad performance in the film is Eric Roberts as the voice of the talking yeah, cat. Which, yeah, which is terrible. Well, he is... It is either they've put an effect on his voice, I think possibly to explain why the mouth is not moving, because it does change when his mouth moves. And when we say his mouth moves, imagine in Microsoft Paint getting like the manipulate tool and pulling the image of a cat's mouth down so it distorts, creating a black void. Yeah. A, 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 like a sliver of darkness, and then flapping it up and down again. That's literally how they've done it. it and, and, like, every conversation is a just close-up on his mouth as this happens. Yeah, the footage quite clearly looping backwards and forwards. Yeah. Um, it is like one of the deliberately bad special effects to show reality properly rupturing down to its constituent parts. In uh, Twin Peaks, The Return. Yeah. Okay, so, Yufa, would you like to see the headshot that Letterboxd uses to denote Johnny Whittaker, the, the actor who plays Phil the Dad? Uh, I would, yes. Huh, okay, he looks like a member of the 70s iteration of The Little Rascals. Yeah, yeah, so so he he, he was a child actor in the 60s. Ah. Uh, so on Letterboxd, his, his two most popular movies are A Talking Cat. No, no. And a number two is Norman Jewison's The Russians Are Coming, The Russians Are Coming, where he 
was, I guess, someone's kid in it. In in 1972, he was in the movie Napoleon and Samantha, which is a Disney movie starring Michael Douglas and Jodie Foster, with Jodie Foster playing Samantha and Johnny Whitaker playing Napoleon. Hmm. There you go. Oh. Yeah, he... Uh, the film clearly thinks he's the best, like tellingly in the end, the second set of credits is everyone getting clips played yes. while, while their, while their name is on the screen. And he gets like all some funny bits of business, some line delivery, some double takes, whereas everyone else gets shots of them staring at or reacting to other people. And in one case, looking at a laptop, it is, the most like can you just get shots of these people thing ever yeah and it is like the bit of the film that actually feels quite disturbing like it this is the bit that feels like actually made by a serial killer <laughs> well yeah and the closing credits are insane at the start of the film you you, you have a full kind of like opening credit sequence with like some some w- 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 with like some animation that seems like it was done uh, entirely in uh, 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 this seems like it was done entirely in Mac photo booth yeah it, it, it does both the opening logo the production company logos and the opening credits do like uh, aesthetically the equivalent is like the opening bumper of a news show within a dystopian yes. future world from the 90s. There's a lot of, like, uh, cross-hatching cartoon effects. There's a lot of, like, letters that are designed to look like they are made of metal fading in and out or yeah. swooping around. You have the image of a cat repeated a bunch of times. you got you got, like, full opening, opening credit sequence, which gives everyone their, their like, moment. Yeah. And then you have a closing credits, which does the exact same thing, but with like clips from a movie and outtakes and, and instead of the like cat thing, you get every single actor in the movie again, their name, their character. And then after like, like another two minutes of that, it goes to like normal, like black and white scrolling credits. And so you got three fucking lots of credits in this movie. Eric All- Roberts only being credited in two of them. Yeah. Yeah. He, he, he yeah, so Eric Roberts is, is credited in the first and final credit sequence. Squeaky is credited in all three. Yeah. I mean, that's what happens when you make a film entirely through a celebrity app cameo. Because yeah. that is like entirely possibly how they got Eric Roberts involved. It, it, is, it is hard to express how flat and weird his performance is. Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, sometimes he would, he would just put, like, a bit of sauce on, like, on like the last couple words of a sentence. I, you know, the, a theory I developed, at least at the beginning, is that maybe he thought this was an audiobook, because if you were just listening to his voice and it wasn't a character in a world, he w- he's putting about the right amount of inflection into it because you're just focused on that so the scale is expanded you know the dynamic sure. range of of emotion changes but also it does seem like he is slumped in like a chaise lounge in a recording studio with the microphone pointing the other way and being like you have one hour of my time yeah he seems like he's getting paid entirely in like red wine that yeah. he's drinking while he's recording his lines god it's so weird 
I had heard about this movie for years, and I had heard about how weird and flat his line readings are, and how strange the, the actual sound of it is, the, yeah. the like mixing of it. Well, yeah, and it, it does. It sounds like he is. They just haven't balanced for like room tone or like echo at all. Well, I mean, it it it's it, it's it's it like it's it sounds worse than, than like someone talking into the notes app on their or just someone talking yeah. into the like voice memo app on their phone. And that is something that like like I I, I have like re- I have like recordings of me doing stand up where like my phone is on voice memo recording in my pocket. Yeah, that, that, that sound that sound better yeah. and more intelligible than than his fucking than his fucking performance it, it, in this it, actual movie that got released, which is why. I just have to assume it's a choice. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it, it is... It's bizarre in a way that the rest of the movie... It is such a hundred-run film for a film about a talking cat. Yeah. You know, uh, as soon as you've met two both families, you know what's going to happen. One is rich, one is poor, one needs an investor, the other needs a family yeah. to love. W- 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 one only has a mother, one only has a father. One uh, has a guy who doesn't know how to swim, the other is an athlete who doesn't know what to do with their life, he wants to be a teacher. The You know, it just it's all maths, and uh, it all... It is just so... I was expecting it to be worse, Mm. but instead it's just boring. Yeah, it's incredibly boring. And I think it is. It's 2013, and I think the modern equivalent, quote-unquote modern, you know, it's... It's from the same time as us now, is is like YouTube videos designed to keep kids quiet. Sure, yeah. I, I really think it's that. I think this is something that a parent can half look at and see that it is rated G or U and put on while they have to go and talk about, you know, how they found their husband cheating with the kids in the other room, you know? Yeah, and, and, and like, hopefully this won't be one of the ones that was, like, made by an algorithm where, like, like Elsa gets Spider-Man pregnant. No, this is too, like... There's just, so, like, the most interesting element in it, in a way, is the fact that it is, like, the magic rules of it are so loose. Well, no, 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 are so firm, but in such a loose way. Because he's like, I can only speak to you once. Uh, I don't make the rules. And you're like, who makes the rules? And then he gets hit by a car, and so they put a single bandage on him, and it is hilarious. And then they're like, we need to find his magic collar to heal him. And it, and they do when it works. And it is like, I know you kind of set that up, but it is just so, it's so loose. Well, and the quest to go and find the magic collar hmm. is uh, great. Because you got all the people who are now sort of like coupled up, going off in different places to look for the collar. They all walk through the exact same bit of like a public park that's been used before, but they all walk through it at different times. Yeah, and well, they've panned the camera differently. Different ways, so you don't. Th- so you, it's trying to hide the fact they haven't even bothered to yeah, move the camera. Yes, and and and, and like there are a constant establishing shots throughout this throughout this searching montage of places we never see. Like like there's a giant like water tower at one point, which surrounded by barbed wire. Yeah, and and this this water tower gets like a like a ten second long establishing shot, and you're like, is that? Are those the people who make the rules? Is, 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 yeah, like, is that the cat's house? Is that the portal to his dimension? No, we never see it again. <laughs> it is so... And, 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 like, and, like, when they eventually find it, like... You 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 have you have like a shot of of a like group of them walking through, like walking through the woods like around a corner, and then there there is a cut to a rock with 
what looks like uh, some moss that's been made into a circle uh, uh, sitting on it. It's a cat collar that has some moss on it. Yeah. yeah. And, of course, it looks like a crown of thorns, again, <laughs> the Jesus allegory. Yeah. But, um, but this time, I think it is Aslan. Yes. I think the film is saying he's Jesus. Yeah. yeah. There is a shot of this collar sitting on a rock, and you hear off screen someone say, I found it. They reach their hand into the shot, pick it up, immediately cut back to the house. And, and, and now, during, during the credits, when 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 we're showing more footage of a cat, we see this rock again, and it's just it's in the backyard of one of the houses. Uh, and, and yeah, it's so the like best part of the movie is when you see obviously the cat gets hit by a car, blah blah, like super sad, and then <laughs> no, no. I was crying. You were crying. We were both crying. <laughs> yeah, we yeah. Were crying together it was a it, beautiful moment. It was Pete and Mama and Petite Mama times nine eleven. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and. <laughs> And, and so, like, they, the, some, they get a call saying the cat's been hit by a car, and they run over to the poor people's house, and, 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 and they're like, oh, how, how, how's it doing? How, 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 how is Duffy? The mother Susan says, it's not looking good, but the vet's made it as comfortable as possible. And then they walk inside the house, and he is lying on a bed with, like, a bit of gauze, like, wrapped around his neck like a scarf, and sort of dra- draped over his head, and it, it is, Oh, God, it's so good. It's so good. Uh, do you remember the final lines of that scene, which are like the final lines of the main plot before there's a little epilogue, which is that uh, the mum, Susan, the only person who doesn't get to speak to the cat. Yeah. Uh, uh, because like in the Chronicles of Narnia, when, when, when a woman gets to a certain age, she becomes, you know, interested in boys and makeup. And so she is not worthy of being talked to anymore by God. Yeah. The, the problem of Susan very yeah. much. She uh, di- dies in a train crash and goes to hell. Susan Pavency. <laughs> what a whore. <laughs> I mean... I, 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 remember, <laughs> I, I remember reading the last battle when I was like when I was like ten, yeah. and I was like, "This seems weird." But then just like, but thinking back on, I was like, "That's insane." Yeah, that's yeah. Oh, C.S. Lewis, get a get a get a grip. Yeah, you com- fucking freak. Computer science, Lewis. What are you doing? <laughs> um, uh, the final lines of that scene are: Susan says, "What happened?" The dad says. We did something. (laughs) And then in voiceover, the cat says, I'm I'm Duffy. Duffy. I'm I'm the talking cat. cat. (laughs) And that's it. And then, is that the end? Yeah, and then it's like a... Yeah, and then, and then there's like a fade out, and you're like, oh, is that the end of the movie? Please let it be the yeah, last line. It's establishing footage again, oh. like, is that the beginning? And, the, uh, uh, oh, who's back? But Eric Roberts going like, now I know you have some questions. Yeah. Right. And, and the response to which is like, not really. Like, we, I, I get that you're a talking cat. Mm. You hate computers. You call them beeping machines. Oh, my God. They- In this movie, we, 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 see, we see Duffy as, you know, this very, like, helpful cat, but, like, he's got this kind of, like, Ted Kaczynski like like anti-modernity streak to him <laughs> uh, yeah 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 yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's uh, um, uh, very much there is a real uh, puma bomb puma <laughs> energy because <laughs> he's, like, he's a cat yeah 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 yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, I just thought I, I was feline like mm-hmm. we should have a pun didn't want to pussyfoot around uh, uh. Yeah, of course. You 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 you're referring to the to, to the name of the the classic uh, 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 Brian you know Robert Fripp album, No Pussy Footing. Yeah, that, uh, that, that one, nineteen seventy two, I think. Yeah, and that's that all wrapped up. Kitten Caboodle. Yeah, 
there's one bit before we decide whether this film is Shay or Sound I want to discuss, which is the meet-cute between the two parents, which you didn't see because you were reading Viggo Mortensen's credits aloud. He's, he's, he's had an interesting <laughs> last 20 years of his career. Uh, 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 played out hilariously because it, it was. Look, I, I just think it's very interesting that this guy who, like, by the end of you know the Lord of Rings movies, is like is is you know the like face of a franchise, and is clearly this like incredibly handsome, charismatic, like like real like movie star, movie star. But but he just spent the last twenty years being like, no, I'm going to go off to Spain and do some movies that no one's ever going to see. I'm going to appear in this like Howard Zinn documentary, and and then the like most mainstream. Thing he does apart from fucking green book are like i'm gonna play like uh carl jung in a in a david cronenberg movie about, about wanting to fuck kira knightley yeah so it was while you were going off like that during the film that that you missed them uh their meet cute is one of the mentions uh the the father uh Anthony Hopkins, uh, uh, <laughs> uh, uh, Billy Whitaker, Johnny Whitaker playing yeah. Phil Barber. Yeah, uh, Jody's Jody's dad. Uh, he mentions Humphrey Bogart, and she goes, "Wow, you like Humphrey Bogart? I like Humphrey Bogart." And he's like, "Yeah, I love Humphrey Bogart." Did you see the film that was on TV last night? She was like, "You saw that too?" <laughs> yeah, I really enjoyed it. And then he goes, "What's your favorite Humphrey Bogart film?" And she legit says, "Like there are so many." <laughs> I. I don't know if I could pick one. He's just like, well, what's your favourite? No, I want it. just like, I don't want to pick between genres. I like them all. <laughs> like, and the writers couldn't be bothered. They don't even just say Casablanca. It's fucking crazy. Okay, but is, is that actually in the movie? <laughs> it's actually in the movie. <laughs> yeah. Okay, because it does sound like a thing you'd make up to fuck with me. No, no. <laughs> Look it up. Wow. I, yeah, I, I should really rewatch A Talking Cat. No, you shouldn't. That is like, here is the thing. Uh, I say this film out of shite and sound is shite. Uh, I would agree with you. And, and like, Apart from the performance of Janice Peebles as Tina, who I think is kind of fun. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think the key thing is that, like, on the scale of bad films, like, kind of semi-notoriously bad films, this isn't fun to watch. Uh, it's yes. largely bland. And it's near, when it is incompetent, it is faintly irritating. There's a really bad montage in it. And the rest of the yeah. time, it, it, it's, it's fridge buzz. So even if you're like a masochist who likes to laugh at things, there's not much to laugh at here. Not, not, not really. If you watch the first like five minutes, you, you get, you get a taste of the like weird editing, the like stilted conversations, Eric Roberts's yeah. stuff. Like that's, that's all you need. But that's all stuff that you'll get in other worse films. Sure. You know? yeah. Like, um, so yeah, the like on even on those terms, it's shy. Uh, uh, on on the ranked list of all of the films we've seen, film Finn, mm. where do you have it? Uh, I have a talking cat at uh, number uh, one hundred and sixty-two, uh, above Food Fight, but below Overheard. Oh, yeah, uh, above, above Food Fight, but below Overheard Dead Body. That's fair. Um, I have it. At um, number 129, which is beneath the snowman, but above the Pink Panther 2006. Crazy opinion. Here's the thing. 
this film, like this film has been featured on multiple like bad film podcasts. There are bad film YouTube videos. You've uh, a five star review of it. I'm sorry. I'm sorry to break it to you, but I, 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 I you know, I, I didn't want you to go for. A, I didn't want you to have to go for a whole rigmarole of like, pro, of, of, of like, you know, telling me that if if I found a five star review, you, you'd, you'd cut one of your arms off. Is there no truth? No justice. A five star review. Yeah, it's a five star review from Linkbox user Jonah. I do. I guess this is the only movie he could find inside that whale. I do. <laughs> I do like Jonah. I do fear. I am. Going mad in an instant. Uh, when recounting upon all 1,700 films I've marked as watched on the site, I feel as though I would be doing myself, as well as everyone else, a grave disservice by, by withholding the undeniable truth that this has been by far the most comfortable and deserving five-star rating I've yet to dole out. A Talking Cat is a dazzling tour de force, causing universally renowned favourites like Parasite and The Godfather to relinquish their masterpiece statuses out of sheer embarrassment. This film, whose director is rather experienced with over 130 credits under his belt, bursts at the seams with virtuoso and zeal. From the constantly upheld cycle of repeated shots to the star-making turns of the entire central cast, to a score comprised entirely of royalty-free instrumental versions of La Cucaracha, this film- <laughs> That's right! Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the, 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 the music of the closing credits is, ju- is just a, like, slightly off version of La Cucaracha. It's crazy. This film has it all, and I've just barely grazed upon the tip of its marvellous iceberg. A journey best entered blind- each frame becomes richer with intention and care than its preceding ones. With cinema such as A Talking Cat, that confounds and titillates my every sense, finding the words to sum up its merit feels impossible. One day, in the distant future, perhaps I'll be able to properly articulate the unparalleled greatness of this film. For now, I shall remain dumbfounded, my thoughts continually orbiting around cheese puffs and the utter perfection exuded in every facet of the cinematic feat. That's one of the sarcastic ones. I, I think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, I, I do. I'm glad that we don't have to reckon with someone sincerely liking it. Yeah. Uh, 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 now, would you like to reckon with the films that Jonas sincerely likes? I, I cannot. Yes. Okay. Okay. Uh. Finn's looking at my Blu-rays. And it is, I'm very worried now, you know, like. Okay, so one of the films is a remake in a different language by the person who made the original. Funny Games. Yeah. Uh, the second one. Did you think I owned that? Uh, no, it is another one I thought you owned. Oh. Uh, I might, mm, I appreciate Funny Games more than I like it, but it's a context thing. Uh, 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 the second film uh, ruined uh, the career of its star. John Carter? No. Gus Van Sant's Psycho? No. This star was famous for a TV show they did as a teenager, and this was an adult role, uh, which everyone turned on them for. Don John? <laughs> no. Um, is this a good film? Uh I think really debatable. I enjoy a lot about this movie, and there are people there are people who think it's a masterpiece. I would not go that far. Is it, it I Know Who Killed Me? No. No. Although it does involve stripping. Oh, uh, Showgirls? Yes. Okay. Carl McLaughlin's career survived that. I said, Finn, oh, you're laughing too loud. That it's just clipping right off the sound. Okay, that's why I can't hear it. 
the next film has a comma in the title. Doctor Strange Love? No. Love Actually? No. The Devil Probably? No. From Russia with Love? No. Ah. Uh, do I like this film? I don't I just I don't know if you've seen it. Uh, but it seems like something that you should have seen. But yeah, no, you you uh, you, you have not seen it. But it's one that you ha- uh, the, uh, that you will see and will like. I have seen it. It's one of my favorite films. Got to give me a. Uh, um, mm, uh, is it? How does it leave you feeling at the end? Shattered. Oh God. Um. Oh no. Is it uh, European? It is made by a European, and it is a, a European's view of America. Uh, is it from last century? Yes. The first half of last century? No. Okay. We uh, just talked about Carl McLaughlin. The lead of this film is a supporting character in Twin Peaks Fire Walk With Me. Is it a Tony Scott film? It's absolutely not. Okay, so it's not David. It, 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 it is. It is about in, as far in tone <laughs> from, 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 a, from a Tony Scott movie as you can get. Uh, is it Harry Dean Stanton? Is it is Harry yeah, Dean Stanton. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, oh, Paris, Texas. Yes. Yeah, I keep. I, 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 I just haven't, uh, as yeah. opposed to not. Uh, and then the, uh, 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 the, the last film on the list, I am surprised you don't own on Blu ray, because uh, you own n- most of this director's films. Uh, the Master. No. Uh, is it right director, though? Yeah. What one don't I own? Not Licorice Pizza. Uh, Inherent Vice? No. Maybe you do own it and I just can't see it on here. Because it does seem like an oversight for you not I to do, have this I one. do own Inherent Vice. Well, it's not, it's not Inherent Vice. Yeah, no, okay. Yeah. So, I own... Okay. <laughs> Let's just do a census. I own Hard Eight, Stretch and Knee. Yep. You know that so much that you ha- you have my copy currently. Yes. Boogie Nights, right up there. Yep. Magnolia, you also have my copy of Magnolia. Uh, what comes after Magnolia? Is it Punch Drunk Love? Punch Drunk Love. Yeah, Punch Drunk Love. I also have your copy of. Yeah, that's right. Uh, uh, then, uh, there will be blood. No, that, that's, yeah, right, yeah, that's yeah. right there. Then, The Master. Yeah. Then, Inherent Vice. Yeah. Then Licorice Pizza. Is there one in between? Yes. Oh, no, no, no. Oh, it's... <laughs> Phantom right. 3. Right, it, it, was, it, was hide, it was hiding backwards on the wrong shelf, so I didn't see it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, God, <laughs> fuck. I d- <laughs> yeah, no, The Master is the one I don't own. Mm. Admittedly... I all of them. I'm like waiting for 4K. Yeah, but the master because of the 70 mil. I'm especially. Right. I only want to see Rami Malek's face in 4K. That's why I got no time to die in 4K, uh, even through a broken mask. That's why I have taken all my Mr. Robot Blu-rays and upscaled them very poorly. But I'm I'm just so happy to see Elliot in such pixelated glory. Uh, that's why you got Bohemian Rhapsody in 4K. Oh, 8K. Oh, yeah? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I uh, So I bought... Uh, I couldn't afford a 8K TV or four 4K TVs. Or, so or, I, or, or, uh, or uh, one 4K TV. <laughs> I, I could now. Na- like, look, I got to fill this NAS with hard drives. Then I'm going to get a good TV. 
and then we can watch film. <laughs> I'm getting work again, okay? Things will get better. That's good to hear. <laughs> yeah, how's, how's your search for work going? I mean, it stops. Okay, are there how many more films on this list are there? All right, 18? No, on the on the on the oh, this that's, guy's that's list, all of them. That's all of them. No, I know on this list there's 17. Um right. okay. <laughs> Fuck. All right. Finn. Are good. No. <laughs> Finn. Yes. Where can people find you online? Who fucking cares? I care. I don't care. I don't want you to care. I don't want anyone else to find me. What? Uh, yesterday I finally scheduled my Instagram account for deletion. Why are you so frightened of me caring about you? You can find the show on Twitter at ShiteSoundPod, or you can email us at ShiteSoundPod at gmail.com. You can check out our website at ShiteAndSound.com. If you like what I do, care about Finn. In like a platonic friend way, to be clear. This is not this is not like a weird stalker reveal. <laughs> um... <laughs> Yet again, Euphra is trying to single white female me. <laughs> I'm doing a very bad <laughs> job of it. Um, if you like, no, uh, um, uh, I'm on various social media platforms as Youth Lives. Put bit.ly in front of that and you sign up for my newsletter. Uh, I have two other podcasts. One is called The Witching Hours, which is an eerie audio anthology. And the other is called The Slow Path, where me and my partner, Briar, watch Doctor Who until we die. Our theme song is The Nux by Kazam Blam. You can check him out on bad website Bandcamp. Boo. 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 Boo epic. Yeah. Boo ten cent. Bandcamp Friday's still happening for now though. Yeah. So buy buy stuff then. Finn, ask me what we're watching next week. Hufa, what are you watching next week? I have to explain because it's my pairing. Uh, It is Late Spring, the Ozu film, and Interstellar by Kit Nolan. And the thing that combines them is that they are two films I was terminally, terminally bored by when I was not properly medicated for for my ADHD. And now I want to revisit them side by side now that I am actually able to pay them attention. Great. Hey, you accepted that as the justification <laughs> for it. You, we, we discussed this ahead of time. I'm not springing this on you. I mean, yeah, just wait, 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 just wait till we get to my appearing for an Ozu movie. No, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. If you like the show, and you do, tell your friends. Why not? Tell your enemies. What can it hurt? I mean- they could think you like them, and there's nothing worse yeah. than someone you don't like thinking you lo- they like you, thinking you like them. Yeah, no. I- is that how you? Is this like? Are you much more antagonistic than you think? And it's infuriating <laughs> that I try to emotionally support you, one of my good I mean, friends. I mean, I, I do, I do not enjoy being emotionally supported. It's no, it's all, it's no, it's not, not a, not a nice experience for me. I'm so sorry. Yeah, it's okay. It's not. <laughs> Things will get better. <laughs> Leave us a review uh, on the platform if you can. Tweet please, about please it. Please do. Tweet about it with this week's hashtag. What's this week's hashtag, Finn? A talking tag? <laughs> or Al Hazard Balfa Cat? <laughs> um, movies are good. Even bad ones. Go, Go watch them.
Ben just took off his headphones the way he does when I start doing extended sex jokes. <laughs> um, uh, uh, but it was to, uh, because of his uh, long, luscious locks. They're about, I would say, Tom Cruise in Mission Impossible 2 times 1.25. Yeah, about about that. Uh, uh, it's, it's like good. Uh, uh, his like the back of his head hair meets where his bad hair is which means they now have to start both growing at the same rate Mm -hmm. or just a ball just a cue ball wax it all off one big go dip your head in a candle machine do you think that would hurt or would you discover a new fetish and I'm not like I'm not asking generally I'm asking you if if I did what if you got your head so a a candle machine so a big vat of boiling wax okay right and you dip just your head in it yeah and then let it set, and then you ripped it off so all the hair on your head goes. Uh, I think that would... Um, cause you to come so much you died. I mean, I, I'm, I'm not even sure I'd get to becoming. I think I might just die. <laughs> well, that's disappointing. In, in, instead, of, <laughs> instead of Le Petit Mort, it would be Le Grand Mort.